So they could see it from here if you happen to be in the pit. Okay, go ahead. Okay, I'm going to begin with prayer. I should say good morning, everyone, and it's good to be back with all of you. We missed you all. So let's say a word of prayer and then I'll start. Lord, we just want to thank you and praise you, Lord, for the opportunity to make a trip to India to visit family and and thank you that you made all of this possible, Lord, and thank you for your protection and safety during our trip, for all the experiences that we had. We thank you that we are able to now present it to the group here, Lord. We pray that you would guide and direct our, our words and that it will all be edifying and that it will bring glory and honor to you. We want to commit this time to you and give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. So we left on the, just a few days after Thanksgiving, and this trip was a little bit different for us, in the sense that usually when we, when we go to India, we plan everything out, we're going to different ministries, different ministry opportunities and things like that, but this time all the things that we had thought we were going to do, nothing worked out like we expected. So we always had to have a a different plan come up. So we didn't do many of the ministry things that we had planned to do. So this trip was mainly, we might say, ministry to family because we, we spend a lot of time with our family and mostly just enjoying them, enjoying each other in ways that we never, it wasn't possible before when we were a little more free and they could see the life that we, that we demonstrated in front of them and, and we were thankful that we could share the love of Jesus with them. So I guess, I didn't know this picture was here. <laughs> This picture was all the bags that we had. Mr. Feeney saw how many bags we had. So we fit all of them into this little this car. This is a little car. And he was. Yeah. yeah, there's no room for the people, so we had. The people had to go in another car. This this car was totally full of just luggage. But he was very proud of the fact that he got all 12 bags or whatever in his car. I have a map here, but... So these are the places that we visited. We obviously went to Mumbai where I grew up. And then we went to Goa, which is our ancestral home. My grandparents are from there, so we went over there. And then Bangalore, where Jeanette was... Jeanette grew up in Bangalore, so we went there for a few days. And then we were supposed to go and visit Joshua, where he is, but we didn't do that. Because 
Pastor Nathaniel, we were supposed to meet Pastor Nathaniel. Oh, we met him. <laughs> yeah, you met him. <laughs> <laughs> but we wanted to meet him in his surroundings. So, but when we tried to plan with him, he informed us that he was coming to the U.S. So, so Joshua lives close to where he lives, so we were going to visit Joshua too. And Mina lives around there too. So, so all of that, we just canceled all of that. And anyway, the plans changed a little bit because I I decided I was going to have cataract surgery. So I did have my cataract surgery. I needed many days of break after cataract surgery, so we couldn't do the traveling that we had planned to do because I needed to rest. So most of the time, we spend with in the home of this couple here, this is this is Dennis, he's my first cousin, my dad's brother's son. And in the past we he's not been around here because he had a he was working in the Middle East, but he quit his job over there, so now he's back home. So most of the time we spend at their home. This is his wife, Hira, her name is. She's, she's from Nepal. So she's from Nepal and, and they've been married for many years now. They have, they have grown up children. Two are in college. One is in the final year of school. But we spend a lot of time there in their home ministering to them. He's, She's a strong believer, but he is not. Well, we don't know exactly what he is, but he grew up as a Catholic. And one time he did make a, a confession of faith, but it didn't seem that he was sincere about it. So we don't know where exactly his position is. But the thing that was very encouraging to us was that children... For a time, their children were, it looked like they were backsliding. The children, when you had gone on previous trips, the children were coming to church with us and so on. And for a while, especially the, the older, the son, yeah, go on. Well, you can just point him. Yeah, he's yeah. in the corner. But we'll you talk can't see him. He's the one taking the selfie. We'll talk more about him. We weren't supposed to talk about him right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, just show that picture. I'm talking oh, about okay. that picture anyway. So. Okay. So, he, this, this boy here, his name is Horace. And this boy over here, his name is Roshan. The two of them... I mean, when we had visited earlier, they were quite regular in going to church and things like that, especially especially keeping the outward signs of following along with their mother's faith. And But for a time, during COVID, when there was no school, they had basically one of the relatives became their tutor. But this relative was a Hindu. And so he put some wrong ideas into their head. Well, he was an atheist, but he 
he grew up a Hindu and so he was challenging their faith and saying, you know, all this is rubbish and things like that. So, so for a while they just dropped out of everything. And anyway, we were very encouraged that they, that something happened. I guess their mother intervened and somehow brought them back home. And, and a lot of things changed when they, when they started going to this group. This, this man over here, he's a, his name is Ronnie. He is a, he used to be a pastor at one of the big churches over there. A few years ago, he, he resigned as pastor. And for a, for a while, he didn't do anything. He was just seeking the Lord as to what he should do. And then he decided he was going to have a ministry to youth. And so he started a little ministry to youth. He lives in the area that we were living in. So these are the youth that basically are part of his group that he's ministering to. There are a lot more that are not here, I think. So this is on one of the days when they came. This was the group that was at his home. So this is him. Pastor Ronnie and his wife, Jacqueline, the two of them have a ministry. They're part of Campus Crusade for Christ also, and they have a ministry to the youth. So very thankful that these youth, they're very encouraged by him, and they seem eager to go to the meetings. They meet once a, month, once a week. On Saturdays they meet. And so that was very encouraging to see. I, this time there was not much of ministry opportunities for me. I didn't do much preaching. The last week we were there, I I did go to this youth meeting and we did a little teaching to the youth. It was the first time they were meeting because they took a break during the during December because Ronnie had gone to he took a vacation. He went to his ancestral home and they spent some time there and he only came back like the first week of January so the, the first time they had a meeting was just the week before we, we returned to the U.S. so we were able to have a meeting with them and that was that was an encouraging time too the only other time I had a I had a time to preach was on on the 24th because the 24th was Sunday Christmas Eve a lot of the churches over there actually cancel the morning service and they decide to have an evening service. So like a, a Christmas Eve service rather than a morning service. So a lot of the people didn't go to church on Sunday morning. So on Sunday morning we had at home, we invited some people to come and we had a little worship time and I, I did a little preaching at that time. And the, the wife, uh, the couple that we were staying with here, who's in Nepal, a lot of her family uh, from Nepal are in Bombay, and we had opportunities to to minister to extended family. So these this this boy here, I talked about him earlier. He's one of the extended family. He's he's Hira's sister's son. Yeah, okay, you can explain. 
So this one, two, three, these are all part of the Nepali family. Oh yeah, this one here. This whole half of the And these two girls here, and this boy, are the family that we were staying with. So that's basically where we spend most of our time. We the others will introduce where we went to different other locations. We went. Another place we stayed at was this family here. And this was Ian and this is Mildred and their children. So Ian and uh, Ian and Mildred they're both Catholic, but I've been ministering to Ian especially over the telephone over for the last couple of years. So a couple of years ago they were having trouble with their marriage and they, they were separated for a while. And so that's when he, he reached out to me and I, I kind of discipled him in a way I didn't. He's still a Catholic, but but I just told him a lot of principles from the Bible and uh, principles of a true Christian life. And so their marriage has improved a lot. And so we spent some time with them, especially with their children. And the children started asking a lot of questions about why we don't go to church with them and things like that. And there are, we'll, we'll talk about some of those. So I'll just I'll just end my portion here and Ginevo. You want to say that? Oh, you want to. So this is Ian and Melrose, their little a little boy. They have one more after this, a little girl. But this he's Ezra, his name is Ezra. So he when he when we first came there the first day itself, he he put on his costume. This costume is supposed to be David. So he has his little, his little slingshot bag that he puts his stones in. And he's got some kind of toy that he uses as a slingshot. And he wanted me to be Goliath. <laughs> so we had a little session where he was, we played David and Goliath for a little island. And so the next time we went to visit them, as soon as I got there, I mean, before I even got there, he asked his dad to help him put on his gold, his David costume again. And so he, he put on his David costume and he came to see me. So that was a lot of fun times with the children when we were there. This is the youngest in that same family. Her name is Abigail. And we spent a lot of time with her too. Well, that's direct with Abigail, so Jeanette can tell you that. Okay. I'm going to put the, a timer on your thought that. Thank you. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm not sick, but this is uh, kind of like asthmatic cough that I developed there because I'm exposed to many fumes over there. Uh, let me pull up something here. Sure. I think 
Okay, but then the microphone is here. Oh, wait. Where do you want me to say? Okay, I'm going to try to speak up, but I just only hope if I, when I get louder, I start to have this hacking cough. But anyway, I'll, I'll do my best. Um, I don't know if you can come a little closer. That'll be good. i got to take this off. Okay, so I'm going to talk a little bit about overall the things that I... Um, give a little overview, and then talk about what was most noticeable, like um, on this trip, the things that we focused on, like extended family and God's favor, which is, you know, like we talked about this morning, uh, his loving kindness, and uh, and a little bit of the churches we visited. So this trip, like Gable said, was very different compared to our previous ones, and it was a, a mix of different things. And we, since we didn't know what the Lord wanted us to, to do specifically, because he usually tells us or gives us the open doors when we get to a particular place. This has happened on previous trips too. But at least previous trips, we knew we were going for specific things in advance. This time... We were, we just left ourselves open to the Lord for Him to use us however He wants to do, do it, and we just went with the flow. And the, the reason I say it's different because we seem to have met with people wherever they are at, at their need, whatever their need was, whether it was practical, on the practical side with, you know, the families that we were going to, um, or individuals. And there was spiritual sharing. I did share uh, some things, and and then, like Gable said, living our life before them. We did more small groups. Sometimes could be two to three individuals, or one on ones, or or more. And I got to share and do some devotions with a couple of sisters, like Hira and her sister, and some others who were. Um, happened to be in the in the home at the time, and, and just teaching them how to get their own daily manner, heavenly manner from the Lord, and um, how to turn God's word into prayer or a praise when when they're praying. Um, and you know, uh, people there, especially believers, they go through a lot. They have a lot of problems. There are a lot of things. It's not easy, and they need a lot of um, encouragement. And before we left, the Lord spoke to me and told me that we are going there to refresh the saints over there. And, you know, we we felt like we didn't do much, but wherever we went, they didn't want us to leave. They wanted us, they said, you will have been so helpful, and they didn't want us to leave. They wanted us to stay longer. But we felt like they ministered to us, ministered to us more than we did to them. But that's how the Lord um, sets things up. There was, uh, like Gabriel said, we visited some uh, my friend in Bangalore. Um, I hadn't met her in person before. Uh, she had she used to attend my Zoom calls, my Friday Zoom. And I used to have a Friday uh, Zoom encouragement calls, Zoom calls with people here. Uh, I mean, when I speak with 
somewhere in the U.S., somewhere overseas in other countries and in India. So she was one of those people, a Muslim background, a very, very strong believer. And so it was, it was wonderful to go and see, visit and be with her and, uh, and a couple others and see what they do in India. Um, she's been called to share her faith with Muslims, and it's not easy to do that because it's quite dangerous. And um, she's opened like a teaching center, which she's, um, the pastor of the, her church is given to her to use. They have like a, in, in, as I have to hesitate because this is being recorded, so I, I don't want to put anyone in danger. But uh, they have, yeah, that's Ghazala, the, the lady, the sewing center. And they teach, Muslims come, some of them are very poor and some are okay. Um, when they come to the Lord, they really face a lot of things from their spouse. Sometimes they're thrown out and many very hard things. They get beaten very badly. But anyway, um, one of the brothers I didn't get to meet, I really wanted to meet him. Um, he was, he's kind of like a mentor. He mentors a lot of people all over the world. And in India, he knows, he's done many studies, both, even though he's Muslim background, he knows the Quran inside out, and he knows all the flaws, and he also studied um, the Hindu books. So he's very able to, to you know, meet both sides, um, Hindus and Muslims. But he he's very much on the hit list. Sometimes... I'm just so thankful some of the brothers, they're so tuned to the Lord and they hear the Lord like like the Apostle Paul saying, no, get him out of the city. So they send him somewhere else in hiding and things like that uh, whenever they are hounded. But So that that's just a little flavor of the trip. Well, I'll just talk a little bit about the extended family. It was so refreshing to see that in the previous trips, whenever we've gone, we've We've always felt a little distance, like, you know, you stay your, in your lane and we'll stay in ours kind of thing. But this time it was like, there was no distance. They were just so openly receiving and just bending their back over for us and, um, and just la- lavishing us with their love and care and even helping us in whatever practical things they uh, we needed, and especially for Gable, because he had to be on a strict diet and different uh, things with his different appointments. So it was just wonderful to see how they just rallied around and just ministered to us in different ways. So all of our time, I was thankful, um, like I made it a point to... to note down God's favor wherever we went and whatever we did. And even before leaving um, the U.S., the Lord provided people to take care of different needs over here, um, like Tim looking after our home and uh, our plants. And the neighbor, she one time sent somebody, he said, to snowplow our driveway. Just different things, and someone took care of our goldfish, but the goldfish hasn't been make it. But anyway, um, 
And then when we went in, in India, the, God's favor was so amazing that we had rides to and from the train station because we traveled internally by train because it's cheaper. And I'm so glad we, we had someone to do that because sometimes you wouldn't know where, where to go. Things are written all in the local languages. So we were grateful for that. And there was a miracle he also had on one, on one part of the journey. We didn't have tickets for Tarek and Niral to get back to Mumbai from Bangalore because we were still thinking about going, about sending them to Guntur. And things changed and the Lord just changed our, but it was just so neat. Like they were on the long waiting list number 21 and every day we check if they, if they were moving up and on the last day, they were like waitlist number one, but you still can't travel. You have to have a seat by yourself or, or to yourself. And so finally they, they got on the list, whatever, whatever, what they call it, something. Anyway, um, but they had to have a shared seat. It's like they have a sleeper and a shared seat. So they had to take turns. One can be on the sleeper, one be on the seat. And it all, it all worked out. We, but we're just so grateful that we could be in the same coach. So they don't speak the language. They don't know anything. So if they go off on another train, we don't know where they get off. So anyway, it was good to have them um, in the same coach with us. We were grateful that um, while, one day while I was uh, doing a devotional Bible study, usually Hira would ask me to do that in the night, evening. And so... One day her son Horace comes out and he says, oh, you're doing a Bible study? Oh, man, I wish I knew about it. So I said, well, you can join. And so he joined and he asked a few questions and the next day he did the same thing. And then, and that's what started the whole thing because every night after that, they, they would come to our room. He and his cousin Roshan, who you saw earlier, he would come to our room and Zarek and Nell will talk more about that. So it, it was good to hear, uh, to see their hunger, these these two who are once prodigals and then now the Lord brought back, it, that was a miracle in itself. Um, and we were grateful that they felt safe to ask questions and they shared their heart. Their testimonies were amazing, how the Lord worked in their heart and um, and how they, they realized so much poison was being put in their head. And it was interesting because the Lord gave me a word to send to them during that time. And in that, when we we read it together when we were there, because um, they didn't want to see it, they just put a thumbs up like they read it. but And they confessed that they hadn't read what the Lord had said. But it was just, I said, is it is it accurate what, what the Lord, yes, very, because they, some of the words they used was in that same thing that the Lord had wanted me to share with them. For me, the Lord provided random prayer op- opportunities for people to pray for. Um, some of them are believers, some are not. So, and on the train, I was able to share and give um, the book of John, which has a lot of questions after each chapter, which is very, very nice. Horace had given me a few. So there was this Hindu couple. I did some small chit-chat, but it was nighttime, so people were sleeping. Uh, but before I left, I mean, we went to sleep. Uh, they have sleeper, but I, I gave her a book. I said, I was so glad to meet you. 
and would you be willing to read this? She said, sure. So I gave that to a few people. Another thing about going along with the favor of God is Deepa's cousin, Dennis. He's, in all these years, he's usually been aloof. And he would mock Christians. He would say things, you know, that was not so good. So, uh, but we saw a little change in him. He was much um, more warmer and welcoming and and very uh, mindful of our needs and was always wanting to make sure we were okay and comfortable. I remember one day we were on the day of Gable's eye surgery. Suddenly the cop stopped us. Like, planted, he, was uh, he, he was driving us to the eye hospital, and we wondered, like, what did we do? So the guy comes and he says, oh, he took his number and He said, what happened? She, he pointed to Nirel. She didn't have a seatbelt um, on, because that day the, the eye hospital said two family members can come. So she came along with me. And so she, she doesn't have a seatbelt, and her hair was actually covering the seatbelt, so he thought, like, so we're so thankful that Dennis said, make sure you take off uh, the charges and the fine and, you know, ca- cancel the the charge that's not on records. He said, okay. So we're just grateful. Like It seemed like whatever little things were coming up, the Lord would just take care of it like that. And Gable's surgery went very well and expected some pain, but he said he had very little pain. Um... And, you know, going to the eye appointments are not easy. It's not easy because the traffic is so heavy. What would normally take, should take maybe 20 minutes can take anywhere from a half an hour to 30, uh, to one and a half hours or two hours. So every time I'd pray, I'd say, Lord, please, it's like he would make a way somehow. And, and sometimes when it was difficult, it's like the Lord would make a way and we'd get there in 30 minutes. So... I was grateful to also have opportunity to to uh, teach our niece Mildred and Ian their their children. Um, I remember the previous trips when we had gone, their children were so rambunctious, like going off the wall, and but they were just so eager to learn, and they were just so nice, and it was we could see a change in them, and that they're growing and maturing well. We we had a lot of fun time with them, and um, when they'd come up with some antiques, the Lord would inspire me to do something with them, whether it's read, you know, Bible story, Miller story books, or the different books that we took with us. And they were just so open to receiving all of those Bible-based uh, story books um, and the lamplighter books that we had taken and CDs. And, uh, you know, play games. So we were very grateful that the children were very tuned. When we would read the books, they would ask questions. And I would talk very openly about salvation message and they seem to have know the answers, but we just pray that they will really um, get a hold of, of, of God's truth one day. Now, Horace's sisters that we showed you earlier, the the two, Trisha and Joanna, they were not too open, even though they're somewhat believers, it doesn't seem like they were. I mean, it's more like, I, I know they have, 
uh, it's a way of, I mean, give them time to mature and grow. But they will seem like they were opposed to us. So, but we are grateful that the Lord gave us the opportunity to still love them in spite of their, you know, it seemed like selfishness or unkind behavior. But it, it was, we know as seeds are sown. And so, and Ronnie is doing a really great job with the young people. Very humble man. He He's given up all. He used to be a pastor. Just, he just goes by Ronnie. He just doesn't care about titles or anything. Uh, very sweet. I got to say this, Larry, and now you got to close your ears. Um, when it was just, I was very blessed the way they handled situations and people of all ages. And, um, I learned things from them. Their wisdom, the depth of their wisdom was um, how the Lord inspired them. And the last bit I'll take. Am I taking too long? The churches. I just want to say real quickly. Um, we had gone to some of the church in Bangalore with um, Pastor Kareem, of the Muslim background. It was it was sweet to see how the Holy Spirit works in different churches. They have. You know, the Holy Spirit works in a way that, so that every church or fellowship is unique. Um, he, yeah, he, this is Pastor Kareem, Gazala, a friend, and that's the, the teacher who teaches, uh, sewing, and, uh, Arisha, she's a Muslim background, she, uh, she, Gazala mentored her, and, the reason I have my coat on the front is I, there was our last day and I packed my, my scarf, my dupita. And, um, the Muslims, they don't, they believe that you must be covered in the front, so, um, I, that's why I had my coat like that, but anyway, so this is his church. He's just giving us one portion in the front to, for her ministry. And, uh, he he's really supporting Ghazala in her ministry, and they teach them different things. But they've already talked about Jesus to them, Isa Masih, they call him. And so they're very slowly um, trying to show them through the Quran how the Quran talks about Isa, how about Jesus, and why Jesus is greater without really bashing Muhammad. So they they really have to be very careful how they share because some things can trigger them and uh, but they uh, one of the messages the the one message we heard that was New Year's it was redeeming the time so that was um, really good to keep uh, I, I liked how when they when they worship, they worship with such um, gusto and with 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 all of their heart. It, it's so so sweet to see that, and and then they share testimonies, and when they invite people to share whatever testimonies or something that touched them from the word, and then after they pray, they when they talk about maybe they got a new job or whatever it is. They stop and pray for that person, so it's um, uh, very, very sweet to see how they do that. And 
when we went Mumbai, uh, Horace's the church that he goes to, it's called Neighborhood Connect. Oh, your neighborhood church, which is big, uh, a different name with the name Connect before, yeah. So the messages there were very uh, special also about the divine gift of love. They they were talking about First Corinthians 13. He he used that passage, and in a very different way, how, how the external manifestation is, you know, like could be generosity or tenacity and all those things, uh, spiritual gifts. And then he talked about in what well, he talked about the internal manifestation about being patient and kind and all that. And then he would stop and then say, okay, of all these listed here, you know, patience and kindness, so which ones are you struggling with? And so turn to your neighbor and share what are you, which ones you're struggling with and pray for each other. That was different. And then he gets the next part about the, uh, uh, what love is not, you know, from the other passages. Um, and I like the way he, he put that in, about, you know, always um, not being envious and dishonoring of others and boastful. And so he'd stop after that and say, okay, which ones that you need to work on and have people pray or, you know, share and, and then pray for each other. So they, they're very open and they have, uh, this, they want to connect with people to make sure that the church people during the week as well, not just Sunday and that's it, but they have little group gathering and praying and also the outreach with Zarek and Nora will talk more about. So um, I, I just love their openness and, and very authentic in their sharing. So I think that's about it. Maybe afterwards you can think of a question to ask us. So we'll just go through, we have, don't have much time, I think. What time should we stop? <laughs> okay, so let's start at the beginning again, because this is a little haphazard. Mom's going to take this. Um, okay, so I'll go back to the map again, and then we'll just go through the pictures we have. And share whatever we can about them. So we started here in Mumbai, which is our home base. Just want to mention, this is the railway map, in case you are interested in that. So um, we went by train everywhere. So going from Mumbai to Goa was about 12 hours, right? Yeah, my train. One way, going back 12 hours. So basically a sleep through the night kind of thing. Then we went on to Bangalore, going down here. This was... A 23-hour train ride, so pretty pretty long travel. Um, from here, we were intending to go visit Joshua and Mina and Pastor Nathaniel and all those people, but that didn't happen because Pastor Nathaniel was here, and you guys all met him, I guess. So you can tell us about how he's doing. Um, but anyway, so we went through this. This is where we stayed. We talked about this. A lot of our a lot of our time was spent with kids and um, the uh, official babysitters of everyone. <laughs> and uh, this baby happened to be good with all four of us for the most part, which was very unique because she was not even 
that good with most other people she went to, so everybody is very impressed with us uh, in that regard. We did take a uh, do some touristy type things, and we went to in the, in India they call this a hill station or something, but it's basically a resort area or a a mountain. I mean, by American standards, it's not a mountain, but it's a it's a kind of a state park, national park kind of place. Um, this is about two hours outside of Mumbai, I think. And we went there with Ian and Mildred and their kids. And um, it's notorious for monkeys jumping out of the wilderness, or the jungle, and grabbing any kind of food or bag that you might have that they're looking for food. Here's a monkey with a bag of chips. Um, here's a monkey with some other food that was discarded and we did see, I saw um, one of these monkeys actually almost make it to my cousin's backpack. Thankfully that didn't happen. We caught it in time. Um, these are Mildred's kids that you can, you want to share anything about sure. the kids? Uh, I'll just go through the, this is stuff that we went to do. Here's two of them. <laughs> okay, so these are the younger two boys that she has. They have five kids. And the first day that we got there, I, like, we haven't even met the youngest three kids because they were all born in, like, the last four or five years that we haven't met them yet. So we didn't even meet them. So it was time, like, kind of a time of getting to know the kids, letting them see that we like playing with them and stuff. So we started, like, you know, doing stuff with them. And, I don't know, like an hour or two into the day of us first getting to their house, the oldest daughter, Laura, she starts asking me all these random questions, like, do you know Mary? And I'm like, yeah, I know Mary. She goes over to her, Mom, you told me they didn't know Mary. And her mom was like, I told you they didn't pray to Mary. And so then she starts on this, like, half-hour grilling session of, like, what kind of church do you go to? Uh, do you, who baptized you? You got baptized by normal people and not a priest? And, like, all of this kind of stuff. Like, she wasn't asking questions. She was, like, accusing me of <laughs> being a bad person. And so, for, like, that whole day and the next day, this was stuck in her mind that we were different. That we'd, they go to church every morning. So they wake up at 6 o'clock and get all the kids out the door to church and they all come back. And so we don't do that with them. So we're all sleeping when they leave, and we're getting up as they come back. And so they see that we're not going to church with them. Have you ever been to a normal church? <laughs> I'm like, no, <laughs> yes, I don't know. So one day we drive to, we're driving by one of their Catholic churches, and she's like, have you been to this church? Oh, wait, no, you can't come to this church because you don't believe like us. And her dad, who's driving, of course they can come to our church. So they had, like, a little argument about who can come to their church. And so, anyway, that's the two older girls, uh, Laura and Claire. <coughs> so it was it was difficult to get anywhere with their accusative questions, but they were, it was very apparent to them that we were different than they were, and they wanted to know why. And they were, they liked hearing stories from us. And so, anyways, we, we didn't get to share a lot of the, I mean, they know the gospel. It's just the other things that are hang up. Like they have a statue of Mary and all of that in our house. So it's a, it's just a showing them that 
it's not about the religious stuff. It's about having and knowing Jesus. So I don't know how well we displayed that, but we tried. So we did several different kind of things with them. Here's a paddle boat on a farm that, that tourist attraction. It is interesting because, you know, my dad's family in general is historically has been very um, rejecting. Ever since they, my parents became Christians, they kind of rejected us or have always held something back ever since then. The second generation of all their kids, or my cousins, have, now all have their own families, and they are more conservative in a lot of ways overall, meaning they want to be more serious about religion or whatever, but they're more, uh, the way they talk or the way they behave is more close to true Christians, so it's kind of a confusing line to walk. For example, they want to homeschool, and they have five children, which is a miracle in itself, because nobody in India wants to have five kids. And they get a lot of persecution from the family and other people for having five kids to start with. Um, there's other parts of our family that want to homeschool as well, which is interesting. Um, here we are. Uh, that The last picture was on a horse, on two horses. This was fun because uh, we were running around the mountains on these horses, but then it was also a big discussion among the kids of who got to go with who on the horse. They, who gets to have Zyrek, who gets to have Narelle, and who gets to be stuck with the older people. And then that was... so. It, there was drama at every moment in this family, practically. The old kids and the young kids all had their own tantrums that they throw. Um, here we are on a camel, which was a good way to charge 300 rupees for walking around in a circle on a camel. Um, but it was it was an experience for the boys, so we did it. Um, um, I had been on a camel in Israel, and I had a very bad. I mean, it just was a painful kind of thing to do. But this wasn't this wasn't so bad. sit down and then stand up, and that's a very jarring experience because you're like flying off the camel. This one, they didn't do that. They have like a tall section. Here I am holding the baby on the floor while the little boys cut cucumber. This is Olenka's oldest. You may you met Olenka and her husband a couple of years ago when we met at the at Ivy Tech. They lived in Madison, Wisconsin for a while. They're back in India now. Here's Narell telling the brother Andrew's story. You guys got to hear the brother brother Andrew's story, right? So she's telling it to our little family, the rest of them. Um, did you want to say anything about teaching kids over there. Here's one of them running away. Um, here is this guy. This was a fun little adventure we went on. <laughs> this family is not connected to us in any way by as far as relatives go, but one of the IUPUI students that we ministered to here, we got to be the first people to meet her at the airport when she came to America. And she's Hindu, but she appreciates us, and she likes hearing my dad preach, and she likes hearing any sort of what she says. I like hearing good thoughts, so we take her to stuff with us. Anyway, she she told us when you go to the, when you go to India, please visit my family. And so these people live in outside Bombay in a place called New Bombay, and 
Um, we took our cousin and her baby with us too because she speaks their language. Turns out they actually speak a decent amount of English. But um, we got to have kind of a traditional Indian experience because these this family came, you know, from the village and kind of made it climb the ladder to reach middle class or whatever. So her dad is a train station deputy manager at one of the bigger stations in Bombay. So he has pretty much, you know, he his his family was raised in the sun and now he's able to give his kids somewhat of a better life. Um, we're here back in, this is a little city, I don't know, several hours from Bombay called Pune. And we took a trip there because they recently bought a house there and they really wanted us to see it because it's away from the craziness of, you know, the big city. It's a smaller kind of city. So they have a lot of nice outdoor things in the area there. So we took some time taking pictures out there. So this is Horace and Roshan again, who you've heard about. A bunch. This is Christmas Day uh, or Christmas service or whatever Sunday morning or Monday morning or whatever day Christmas was. We all decided to wear Indian outfits, and I had to go buy some because I didn't have any. <laughs> so we all wore kurtas. So now you guys know I have a kurta. I have two kurtas actually. <laughs> we joke about this on the van rides here in in uh, Indianapolis with the students. Um, so these are the guys we spent the most time with and had the most meaningful conversations with. Um, they would come to our room in the evenings and we would talk. And the discussions would go a lot of different ways. But let's just talk a little bit more about the family. So this is Horace, Doena, and Trisha. These are Dennis and Hira's three kids. Um, they are all raised as believers. Hira is a believer, strong believer. Dennis is not a believer. So... There's tension in their family all the time. And there's ten, there's varying levels of this. Of you know, They're not all really strong believers among the kids either. They've all just been raised in church. And so Horace was a big encouragement to us because I actually didn't know how he was doing when we got there. Well, it turns out, I mean, one of the first things he said to us when we saw them is, would you like to go on a prayer walk with me on Tuesday or something? And so every Tuesday he goes out with a bunch of American missionaries. And by the way, I've never met any missionaries all my trips to India, I don't think, unless we were bringing the mission team over. I don't think I've met any missionaries other than native pastors or something. I never met any American missionaries in India on all my previous nine trips or whatever. So that was very encouraging to even meet people like that and and to know that he wants to hang out with them and that he wants to do outreach with them. So every Tuesday night, they take two hours and they walk around one part of the city trying to connect with people there, pray for people or share the gospel with people just on the street. And he goes with them. And he, oh yeah, I didn't bring mine. So he gave us these little wristbands that is the method of how the missionaries teach the gospel or whatever. And we can show it to you later. <laughs> it's, um, it's, uh, so we got to meet a lot of young Indian believers partnering with American missionaries who walk the streets every Tuesday night and share the gospel. Not only that, but he's involved with Campus Crusade for Christ in his college and Campus Crusade for Christ is recruiting him 
to be on staff. We had no idea that, you know, all these kind of things were going on. So I was very encouraged by that. Um, this is all the cousins in that side of the family. So this is the Nepali side of the family, Hira's side of the family. These are all the cousins. Um, Horace tells us he's very, he's very proud or, you know, he takes great pleasure in the fact that what the way he explained it was all the cousins who are younger than me are interested in getting closer to God. That's what he said. Now, in reality, what that means is they come to church, but they, Many of them have it, have taken some step of actually choosing to come to church, either against their parents' wishes or doing something different than their parents want, or just making the eff- an extra amount of effort to go to church and go to Bible studies or whatever. So, for example, so all of these guys are cousins. Um, this one is Roshan and his sister. Horace has these two. And this sister, this is a new one we met. We never knew about this person before, but he showed up recently. He used to live in Nepal, which is why we never met him before. But there's this one here, which is Levina, and she is the, they have a cousin who's way older than them, and that's her daughter. So she's not their cousin, but she's cousin once removed, or whatever that's called. <laughs> her dad is Muslim, and her mom is Hindu. And her mom is Hira's niece or whatever, so she knows that we're all Christian and stuff. But she is not chosen to be Christian at all. Her dad would really like her to be Muslim, but he's not with her. He lives in a different city. And she she lives way outside of Bombay. So every Saturday night she takes the train with, you know, she takes somebody and she comes to the city on Saturday night so that she can go to church Sunday morning with them. And even, yeah, she's 13. And even if she doesn't do that, if, like, for whatever reason she can't make it to the city on a particular week, she will, she's found a church in her area that she goes to by herself, apparently. And she's just made that choice. Um, which, so we, we were not really good, we never really had any good conversations with any of these other people outside of these two guys. But a lot of encouraging signs. A lot of these people are in 10th grade or 12th grade, which is a crazy time for them because of their exams. So they didn't think about anything besides studying while during that time we were there. Here's one of our family dinners of all getting together. I think this is around Christmas. We all got together in... Huh? I think, yeah, I think, and so this is in Auntie Yulet's house. You guys met uh, Olenka's mom, Yulet. She came here and she came to one of the Bible studies at your house on Friday night, I think. Um, so, a lot of positive developments have happened, I mean, some positive developments. Her son, Olenka's brother, is now also joined church and he seems to have an interest in moving away from being Catholic or moving away from being non-religious or whatever and joining church. Um, he's made a lot of, he's made a lot of good friends and good connections in church. We found out he just got baptized this morning. I don't know where that came from because nobody <laughs> thought he was really a true Christian, but anyway, it's, it's interesting that a lot of things have happened. Um, this is our family in Goa, my dad's sister and her husband. And they, we believe, as far as we know, they were the first homeschoolers in their state. 
they have five kids too. Um, but they really went to above and beyond to take care of my dad and to cook for diets and to, to address his health issues. And they really took an interest in helping us a lot this time. And we were very blessed by that. Um, they are very, um, I would say, as far as our family goes, the stronghold of Catholic is here. Like They're very, um, I mean, I don't know how to describe it. They're, they're, you can talk with them and agree on, I mean, if you had a normal conversation with them, you would think they were Christians, I think. But if you ever got to anything else... Until they answer the phone. You, yes, that's true. The way they the way they call each other, I mean, the way they answer the phone among their particular part of the family is they say the Latin words for Mary says or Salve Maria. So it's very um, very much in their mind that you know Mary is the key part of the faith. I think and this is their granddaughter. Um, this is the Visha, their daughter and her husband and her, their two kids. We stayed with her the whole time we were in Goa, and they really took a lot of care of us. These two kids, Therese and Catherine, they're very enjoyable kids. Therese spent a lot of time talking to Jarell about things all afternoon, every day. That she we were there. All the, the room that we were staying in was her playroom, so all her toys were in there, all her things. So every afternoon, she'd just walk in the room without knocking or anything, just walk in and just like, okay, what are we going to play today? Like, <laughs> so, all day long, her mom is like, where are the kids? She'll come up and be like, they're in, leave them alone. Because <laughs> she was there all day. But uh, it was nice to get to spend time with them. Her husband, my cousin, Navisha's husband, he is the vice president at one of the big conglomerate companies in India. Uh, he's in charge of the manufacturing side of like one whole division of the company so he's quite a big deal but he is he seems very humble on the outside and he he has he does a lot he has an interesting testimony for sure he had some kind of near-death experience early in his life where he got all of a sudden transformed and excited about religion and he's so he's very much you know, I guess on the leading edge of like the newer Catholic stuff. I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of like progressive, but more serious. Um, He'll talk about the Holy Spirit and they actually read their Bibles, which is not common. Yeah, and he goes to London every year or something and leads retreats for youth over there and stuff. So, very interesting guy. We didn't get to talk to him a whole lot, but I do appreciate him a lot. Um, this is their one of their sons. You can see, so after Nadisha, they have four more kids, and they're all in some variation of priest or nun order, like some kind of radical order. They all wear this outfit, and we only saw him because the other three are in Brazil, basically being Catholic or missionaries for this particular order of priesthood or whatever it's called. Um, they're still enjoyable, but it's just very hard to imagine them in this kind of uniform and you know, what they do. So it's sad, but yeah, we don't know. You can you have a story like this. This is 
this is back at home, there were several days in a row where the power was just going out un, unexpectedly. And it's not a place that normally gets the power out. So one day this happened and it was out for an extended period of time, like almost the second half of the day. So what was your story like? It was, so this was near like after the first couple of weeks of being there. It was like the third or fourth, maybe the third week we were in India. And up to that point, we were really struggling to connect with the cousins, like Horace and Roshan and all of them. And because they were off, they were all having exams. It was hard to see them at all. And everyone, when they came home, would just like disappear to their bedrooms and we wouldn't see them. And so I was a little discouraged that we were just sitting all day long on our laptops, phones, whatever, doing nothing. And then, God decided to shut the power off, so the Wi-Fi didn't work, so everyone had to come out. <laughs> and so that means like all the fans stopped working, all the lights were off, so it was really, really stuffy in the house. So everyone went into the like back garden, whatever you call that area. And so for a while we were just sitting there doing nothing. Some, my mom and dad and Kira were in the car, they had a good conversation, just sitting in the car. Um, and so Zach and I are reading books or something, and so Hira calls Russian over to bring this game called Town. It's like pool, but with a uh, little round disc, and you use your fingers instead of a uh, cube. <clears throat> so we set this all up, and we have a nice, fun time with the game. And that was the first time that we actually got to spend time with some of the cousins, and after that, then they started opening up, and you were having good conversations after that. But this is like the the kids, yeah. yeah. But this is like the first time where we actually got to spend yeah. some good quality time. So it took the power going out for us to actually get some good connections. And in case you didn't know, my dad is very yeah. good at this game. He's, apparently, he was a champion in his college days. So, so on Christmas Eve. Um, there is, like, some churches had church on Christmas Eve, some churches had church on Christmas Day, so it was like a Sunday-Monday thing, and different churches were doing different stuff. So we tried to do the, as much of whatever we could as we could as possible, and there just happened to be a church in downtown Bombay, which is like the south part of the city, the old part of the city where nobody is, we don't know anybody there, but there was a church down there, that was showing the Jesus Revolution movie on on Christmas Eve morning because it was a holiday for everybody, so they got everybody together to watch that. So we decided to go with Horace and Roshan to that, and then we wandered around the city for the rest of the day seeing the place. So this is some of the sights of us walking around afterwards. This is a giant, like... Central Park-ish kind of thing, but very small. <laughs> but it's all cricket field. Like, all these little things are cricket um, pitches or whatever that's called. Little rectangles of cricket all the way down. And people are playing cricket. There's like ten games of cricket going at once. And the balls are flying everywhere. You can get hit any time. Um, but it was a nice scene. It, I mean, it's the old Victorian type of architecture around here because it's the old part of the city. Then we went to this place and sat and watched the ocean or whatever beach sunset. Yeah. You see these things? These are like, I don't know, you guys know jacks or whatever, like those 
multi-point kind of triangular things. So, I'm told that they, no, I'm told that they put these in, they filled these into the seven islands to make the city of Bombay, whatever. So they somehow, they joined the islands together. I don't know much of the history. You can see the skyline of the south part of the city, the downtownish area. Um, here's the, us at the gateway of India. This is some big, uh, monument kind of thing to commemorate when the king and queen of England visited one time. Um, and here's us at the Taj Hotel. There was, this is like the top hotel, like five, or more than five star hotel in India. This had a, they had a terrorist attack here many years ago and they made a movie about it and everything. So it's a kind of a famous place. Now at Horace's church and the church where all those cousins go, they do communion every, they, they rented out the, or at least the 18th floor, a couple rooms on the 18th floor of an office building to have church. And they had this balcony outside. And every other week they have communion, and every other week they go out on the balcony and pray over the city. So this is one of those weeks. It's a horrible picture. You can't tell anybody's praying. Sorry. But this is all, the whole church will line up on this balcony and pair up and pray over this view right here. Um, because that's what you can see from the 18th floor. I've never been on a church that was on the 18th floor, so this is kind of a unique thing for that. Um, you can see this whole area is slums here, and then on the other, but you can see like nice apartment buildings around it and other things being built and stuff like that. So it's a good, you can see kind of the two sides of the world from the church uh, viewpoint. Okay, sorry, this is, we already talked about these people. You want to talk about these people? Um, okay, so these are... <laughs> The, these two girls are the older cousins of Horace and those guys. So <clears throat> they're not believers, but they used to come to church sometimes. Um, they live in a different city and they come visit. And so they like. This they one like actually knowing. came on the very missions trip with us in 2014. Yeah. There was a time where she was actually coming in to Bible studies and church and everything. But anyway. So. Um, we didn't get to spend a lot of time with them because they were doing other, they were busy doing other stuff. But um, when we went to Pune, to that other like nice place out in the open, this girl Swati came with us, and she she basically came to cook for us because food is such a big deal in India. We need an extra person to come just to cook, and so she cooked and cleaned and did everything for us. But um, it was a nice, we had a nice, my mom had a nice conversation with her. She was saying something about, like, she had a lot of issues. She had an accident when she was younger, and so she had, like, chronic back pain from that. And so my mom prayed for her right then. And, I don't know, through that, she opened up and was, like, crying and talking about all this stuff. And so my mom encouraged her a little bit. So that was, I don't know how much that meant to her, but it meant something nice that we got to minister to her in a little Oh, yeah. This, oh, man. Um, this place had a game room. This apartment complex had a game room, and here I am with Adnaisha, one of the little girls 
one of the new grandkids of that family. Um, she came with us on this trip. And uh, so while we were playing, these two other girls who live in that apartment complex came into the game room, and they wanted to play. And they had very good English, and they sounded so different from the rest of the people, so I didn't know why they sounded different. Turns out there's a couple of families from Iran in this apartment complex where my where Hira and Dennis just bought a house. So that was an interesting tidbit that we found out there. We you know, saw the Muslim families there, and so I'm hoping that someday in the future they'll be able to minister to them um, whenever they're visiting. Um, this is a nice She entertained us quite a lot in this house. <laughs> okay, we haven't even talked about this part, but you guys read some of the messages I wrote. So Gazala is the one who took us on that prayer walk that we did around Bangalore, praying over Muslim people and sharing. I mean, she shared with them. We didn't do anything. But we got to shadow her. She's a really incredible person, it seems. Uh, she got married to a Hindu. When she, when she was a Muslim, she got married to a Hindu guy. And I think two months into the marriage, uh, no, two months oh. into the marriage, she basically discovered he was, from what it sounds like, some kind of a loser, basically. Like he did not provide for them or... He basically he had no focus. He was kind of like a boy's mentality in a man's body or whatever. But he um, so basically. But then two years later, she became a believer, and since that time, she's been suffering with the mess of what that is. Her whole family is still Muslim. His whole family is Hindu. He is Hindu. Her kids grew up, she has four kids, they grew up in that whole tension of that. And he's not a normal Hindu. He's a Hindu, like a radical Hindu, who is part of the current political party, who's yeah. actively oppressing Christians and Muslims, like they don't like any other religion. Well, at that time, it was not that bad, I mean, this is like 30 years ago or whatever. So... Yeah, because I feel like not, from what I know of Muslims and Hindus in India now, there's a lot of tension. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it is a unique situation, that's for sure. This is not a common thing. But she is full of testimonies. She has had so many things happen in her life to show that where God has demonstrated His power. There's one story she told us about. Like in her husband's village, they were drilling for water. They were trying to drill new wells for water for the area. There was no water coming. Like they drilled 15 times and got no water. And earlier she had prayed and told the people. She basically prophesied to the village, there's going to be water here. I know there's going to be water here. And so they, after that, they drilled 15 times. They had no water. And she was in the house or something and she they she said drill one more time or something like that. They drilled they were so frustrated about the whole thing, but they said this is her place and this is her home or whatever. We know that she prays for something different than us, whatever. Just do it one more time for her. She walked out of the house and like water 
like sprayed out of the ground. It was like so high, nobody could believe it. Supposedly it's documented with a picture. We didn't see the picture, but she told us the story. And so all the people in her husband's village love her. She prays with them, and they don't have any issue with her. It's just him that gives her a lot of trouble. And then her family is also Muslim. They resist her Christianity, but they still love her very much. And they don't, I don't think they withhold much from her just because of that. But they tease her, pick on her, or whatever, make a lot of comments in passing about her being Christian. But somehow she has raised her four kids in the Bible into, made them all read the Bible through once a year, every year of their lives, it sounds like. And her, her two older kids have kind of fallen away from following the Lord. But these two kids, we got to spend some time with, and we didn't spend a lot of time with, but they are very enjoyable. They are still with their mother, although I don't believe their faith is very strong, even though they, I think they are believers. But they need to be strengthened, I think. But they were, after being in Bombay, where it felt like some of the kids in the house we stayed with hated us, going there was just very encouraging because these kids were very enjoyable to be around. And I hope they liked us too. Um, so I took them and took pictures with them. This is Pastor Kareem, who is Gazala's pastor, or they go to this church. She goes to this church, and he is a Muslim background believer. She is a Muslim background believer, Aisha. And she, of course, is a Muslim background believer. And they have, so in this church, they have an English service in the morning, and then in the afternoon, they bring in the Muslim people who are like exploring Jesus, or trying to learn more about Jesus. And they have an Urdu service, which is the language of the Muslims, or the language of Pakistan, or wherever those places. And I had no idea that there was such a Muslim population to start with in these places. But they have, so in the morning they have church, then they turn around Monday to Friday, they have this um, new ministry that just got started, um, where they teach Muslim women sewing, and they use the back of the church for that. Oh, here's back, wow, okay, that was out of order. But I guess we were going to talk a little bit more about them, but you can, I don't know what more. We should hurry this up. So, Morris and Roshan did a couple of days with us going around the city. We had a good time jumping in and out of the local trains, which is an experience. If you, I mean, I wish I could record a video of what happens in a train station in India. But it's amazing. And every time we went, it was like the worst time ever. I, mean, I don't know why. Anyway, so one day, um, I was having a hard time figuring out how to say let's have let's have serious let's do some serious Bible study or whatever because I didn't want them to feel like we were forcing them to study or learn from us because their mom has kind of forced them on us all throughout their younger years or whatever. Every meal they have, eat to her, their mom would be like. Why aren't you doing Bible studies with my kids? Do Bible studies. <laughs> so I was trying to figure out how to let something organic happen. And my coworker gave it, IBOP, he had written this book and asked me to design the cover and everything. And I, he gives them away free. 
So I had I took seven copies to India and I was gonna give them to people who I thought might actually read them. So one of these days they came over to our room and we were just talking about stuff in general, nothing that serious. And I just said, Hey, I have this book here and I never read it. I mean I did the design of it, but I've never read it. We should read it together or whatever. And so and the book is about giving thanks in all things. And they were like, I didn't even know that there needed to be a book written about giving thanks all in all things. It doesn't seem like that much of a topic. But we used it, and that led us into some good conversations. Whether or not they got much out of it, I'm not sure. But we did see some minimal changes. Like they would tell, like Roshan told me, I dropped an eye guitar on my toe when I was going home or in my house today. And I remembered, you're supposed to give thanks. <laughs> and... and Horace in church, he's like, he realized he left his phone. His, his, the church is 18 floors up. He left his phone on the motorcycle, uh, you know, in the parking lot. And he was like rushing out to go get his phone. He got the lift. He got the elevator. And he's like, oh, I have to give thanks. He got down the elevator. He saw the phone. I have to give thanks. <laughs> so we saw some little things like that happen. But it was more the other conversations that led us into, from this study, because it got them into our our space every evening or a lot of evenings one whole day we spent talking about their love life drama one whole day we spent talking about spiritual he wanted to ask my dad about spiritual because we talked about that um we just get into a lot of stuff oh and one of the once they started i told them you got to come up with a list of things you're thankful for whatever that led us into some good conversations because we got to hear the story of how they got misled by this atheist person and sowed a lot of dissension within their family and everything. And then they had no idea what was happening to them until they got out of that and they looked back on it. Now they're thankful for that whole thing. And now they're much more serious about the Lord because they went through that. Um, here's us at different parts of Bombay. And basically these two guys are the only ones who really connected with us much, which was sad in some ways, but I was very glad that we got to connect with them, even despite the other things. On the at the very end of our trip, we've been trying to connect with a, a human trafficking-oriented ministry, and we couldn't actually find anybody or find any place that was doing the work that we thought was supposed to be there. But we got led to this pastor. What's his name then? Pastor Vivek Bindorker. Yeah, so he has a, or his, he is part of the Assemblies of God denomination, but they run a school in the slums for slum, or right outside the slums for the slum kids, where they, and they charge them like the less than, um, like six dollars a month or something crazy like that. And this was the principal, um, and she'd been there for 52 years. And so basically seeing the school start almost since the school began. So we spent some time with them trying to connect the dots of how they're connected to everything. And then we, so they showed us around. And unfortunately it was a holiday, so we never saw any kids. But they took us around the school. Very primitive kind of situation. Um basically an apartment building that was converted to a school. And then the land is so valuable now because the population has grown so much. So the landowner is trying to kick them out 
of this place. So they're in a, they've been in a court battle for many years trying to keep their location open. Um, so yeah, you can see here, Mumbai Assemblies of God Day School is what it's called. And they actually use English, they're using English in the school, which is not normal for a slum type of school. And here's our last uh, meeting with the family. Uh, the, and then one, two nights before we left, I think. The night before we left? Yeah. So, that's our trip. I don't know if we covered everything we were supposed to cover, but I think we did most of it. Um, thank you guys for praying for us. Uh, sorry we didn't write very many updates for you guys, but um, there were a lot of positives that came out of the trip. The main one of which I think is my dad now being able to see somewhat again and um, connecting with some of the key young people there and getting to witness that they that many of them are actually following the Lord in their own way, even if it doesn't match up with what our expectations are or other people's expectations are. But a lot of prayers needed. And so one of these days, because we couldn't do it in this presentation, it'd be nice to have some time of prayer with you guys over some of these connections. But we can talk about that some other day. Sorry for the long-windedness. But I think we're done. Thank you. We, we'll have a fair meeting.